You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 190. Today, we're talking about how to have a profitable summit with a tiny list. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super stoked to bring this guest to you guys today. She is such a rock star at summits. And I have been a guest or like a speaker technically on one of her summits. And I will tell y'all, she is the most organized summit presenter out of everyone that I've ever worked with. And so I, and I say that confidently. I've never said it to anyone else or about anybody else because I truly believe in Krista's methods. And so I'm so excited that she's going to be the person teaching you guys here on the podcast, her three-step framework. So Miss Krista, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for inviting me. This is going to be awesome. I'm excited to nerd about summits with you. Yes, me too, me too. So uh, before we get into your framework, tell us a little bit about you and your business. Yeah, so I run Summit in a Box, where I basically teach other online business owners to plan, launch, profitable and engaging summits, not the kind of summit that you're going to hear someone say they don't work or that was gross. And I never want to go to another summit again or be a part of another summit again. Like I really focus on the collaborative aspect so that the host isn't the only one getting anything out of these summits. The speakers are getting a ton out of it and the attendees are getting a ton out of it. So that's kind of what I focus my framework on. And I help people do that through podcasts, Facebook group. And I have a program that has every training template resource anyone would ever need to plan a summit. And it's been so much fun. I totally started this business accidentally after hosting my first summit that you were a part of. Everyone was like, how did you do that? And I was like, go away. But eventually, of course, I listened because here we are. And we're grateful for it because more people need to be thinking about the win, win, win. Like you talked about how it's profitable and engaging for you, the speakers and the attendees. And so I think when people think of the gross elements, it's because it's like a win, kind of win and maybe a win. And that's not fun for anybody. So I love that you think of all aspects. You think of the experience and not just the like, okay, what am I going to get out of this? Which we are in business. We are here to make money. We are here to bring in awesome leads and engaging communities. And let's do that in a way that supports the hosts, the speakers, and the attendees. So before we dive into your three-step framework too, let's talk about kind of what your like, I guess, clients or students' businesses look like, or even what your business looked like, I guess, too before you implemented this three-step framework? Maybe they did do a summit before and it didn't work out, or maybe they're curious about summits. Like where were they at before they took the leap and actually, I feel like really up-leveled their summit game? Yeah. So I have people in kind of both situations you mentioned, I've had people who have run summits before they fall flat. They use my framework and get incredible results. But what usually happens is it's someone who has never run a summit before. And, you know, they know they want to do it right the first time. They know they don't have, they don't want to figure it all out themselves. 
a lot of times they're worried because they don't have this huge audience. They're like, is this even going to work? And I can be like, yeah, it works because I did it. So, you know, there are people who have been in business a bit, like they're making money through products, services, but they want more. They're like, okay, like this is working, but now what? And the summit kind of becomes the now what to propel them into that next level of business they're looking for. So a lot of times after running these summits, they're finding themselves like literally making triple what they were before each month. And especially the month of the summit, they're finding themselves usually about doubling or tripling their email list. It just kind of depends on the size of their list. You know, people with smaller lists, a lot of times they're seeing like six to 10 times growth. People with bigger lists, of course, if you have 10,000 people on your list, it's a little harder to double or triple that, but they're just seeing huge momentum there. And then when they do it right, they have either booked out services. So my services are usually booked out six months in advance after my summits or people with products. You just get to funnel so many warm leads into your products that it just kind of keeps like feeding on itself for years to come. And then you have all of those connections with the speakers that just, again, it continues to pay off over and over and over. So they do find themselves like, you know, they were doing well before, but now they're where they actually wanted to be after the summit is over and it just keeps building from there. Yep, totally. And definitely what I'm hearing is like the summit is, isn't the end. Like the summit is really a propeller for other things in your business. And even with Krista, like doing her summit, like we have collaborated on several other things since then. And even who was it? I met up with somebody actually from your summit who was another speaker and like we got to connect and collab about some stuff. So it's, you know, you think about the tangibles of like, okay, I'm making money off of this or I'm getting leads, but also like you're getting opportunities to connect and collaborate with other business owners who have other projects that they end up doing and are like, oh yeah, I was on Krista's summit. And now I want her to do this thing. So it helps so much with the momentum and trajectory of your business beyond what like the first few things that you think about as far as the goals of your summit are. So let's go ahead and start to walk through your steps of this three-part framework because this works even if you have a tiny, tiny list. So I know Krista, I think you started with 500 people on your list with your first summit. And so again, this isn't for when you're in the big leagues. This is for you as well when you have a tiny list or tiny audience per se. So let's go ahead and start to walk through. Okay, cool. And I just want to like point that out as well. Like there are people right now in my program planning summits with zero audience, like they have zero lists. So in the steps that we are going to talk about are what makes it work, like skip the steps and you're going to be a person that says that summits don't work. So yeah, let's talk about them. So the first one I call pinpoint. And it's so important. And you guys are going to be like, this is boring when I say it, but it's, it's so important that I have to. And it's getting really specific in pinpointing the audience your summit was created for and the topic it's about. Because we see so many summits out there that are like a summit for online business owners to help them grow their business. It's like, cool. Like that will work if you're an influencer and you have a huge audience who doesn't care if it's super general. But if you're starting out, with, you know, a couple hundred people on your email list, that's not going to get you anywhere. And I like to kind of explain this better with an example. So, you know, I use a wedding planner as my example. So say you're a wedding planner scrolling on Facebook and you get a Facebook ad for the summit for online business owners to help them grow your business. You're going to be like, don't care. Like you're probably not even going to register that you don't care. You just care that little. And then you keep scrolling because you're procrastinating about something and you see an ad for a summit for wedding planners to help you get more clients on Instagram. It's like, okay, that catches my attention. It's for me specifically helping me to get clients, which is exactly what I want on Instagram. Okay. I can do that. Like 
it makes it so much more powerful. And that is where kind of the viral aspect of summits comes from is when you can get specific. And it can be scary because for a lot of people, that means that they need to host a summit for a smaller audience than they usually target. Like I have someone who just hosted her second summit. She targets creative business owners as her main audience. Her first summit she did for photographers. Her second one she did for beauty business owners and like 5,000 registrants and $35,000 were her results. And she's like, what? So it pays to get specific. It's so, so important. And that's my first step. It is really, really important. And even with the like summit slash interview series that I just did is it's, I wanted it to be super specific. I am helping burnout service providers replace their monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives slash VIP days. And so, I mean, I guess I could get even more specific, but it feels pretty dang specific to me. And so I think I agree with you. The bigger summits that you see that are just like list building and it's like, you know how many different things there are to list builds? Like, you know, there's, it's too broad. And so, and you've even done like yours are specific to designers. It makes it easier for people to say, yes, this is for me, which is what you want. So I love that you kind of like really hone in on that as like the first thing you should do. So, all right, what's the next thing? Next part of the program. Okay. The next thing ties right back into that. And when you just said like, it makes it easy to say, yes, I want to be a part of this not only for the attendees, but also for the speakers. And that's my second one is getting so specific with your speakers. And it's really tempting when you go to plan a summit to just pitch people, you know, that you know, will say yes, especially if you are starting out smaller. It's scary. I still get scared. And I've planned at this point for summits, I still get scared to pitch speakers. And it's so easy to, okay, I know this person, she'll say yes, I'll pitch her. Her audience is smaller than mine. I can pitch her. Okay. But it's so important, not necessarily to pitch huge people, but to pitch people with the exact same audience as your summit. And it took me three summits actually to figure this out. I was going through my numbers. I sorted like my affiliates or my speaker spreadsheet by the affiliate payout amount. I was like, okay, what's the difference between this person I just paid $4,000 and this person I paid 70? Like, what's the difference? And it became so clear. The people that I'm paying thousands of dollars to in affiliate payouts, which is a good thing, by the way they all targeted designers, which is who my summit's for. The people lower on the scale, they still tried, they still promoted, but they targeted usually creative business owners. And even though designers usually consider themselves creatives, it just doesn't connect as much when when your speakers don't have that specific audience. So even though it's uncomfortable, it's so important to get specific with your speakers, pitch speakers who have the exact same audience as your summit, you get better results, your attendees get better results, and most importantly, your speakers do. That's where speakers are getting hundreds of leads that actually care about what they are offering. That's how you get really nice yes rates from your speakers, basically, where you increase the likelihood of someone saying yes, even if they are farther along and have a much bigger audience. Like getting specific is just everything. Yep. I agree. Because with speaking, you know, I think that as a speaker too, I'm looking for similar audience types. Like if I'm getting asked to speak to a product-based business summit, I'm going to say no, which is a benefit for myself and for them because they can actually have a slot for somebody that has more product-based people who are following them. Even though I'm finding out somehow all of a sudden I have this like weird surge of product people and I'm like, I don't talk to you. What do you want from me? So, but you know, I think that it's important and honestly a sign of respect to really look into your speakers and say like, 
you know, don't just look at them as like, oh, like you're a big name and you're going to provide a ton of value or whatever the case may be. But like, listen, like I follow you. I know you. I listen to your podcast. I do this. And I know that our audiences are a match. And this is why it's going to benefit you to be here. And it's going to be beneficial for us to have you. I think that that's going to be such a better way to go about it than just thinking like, oh, they have a bunch of people on their email list. Like, do they connect? like with what it is you're trying to accomplish. And so it's funny that, and I love that you actually went back through your spreadsheets and were like, okay, I paid this person this much. What's the difference? And really like being super clear on audience match. Cause I think that's something that a lot of people do miss. They just see big names, big numbers and think it's going to work out for them. But I actually have known somebody who got literally, I mean, his whole lineup was like big names and it was like, the biggest summit fall I've ever seen in my life. And he would say that too. So it's not like a, you know, I'm just saying it, but he thought because he had all these big names and the big names did, you know, attach to what the topic was, but it also just wasn't totally an audience fit in a lot of different ways. And so like he did not make any money. He was, I think right under break even. And so like that, sucks (laughs) that doesn't feel good (laughs) so do not do that so that's yeah I love that you preach that too so all right what's the last step of the framework have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering but are stuck in overthinking everything you love what you do and how you support your clients but lately it's become well too much you may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, so this last one is a step that, especially if you have a smaller audience and you are trying to host a summit that will benefit you moving forward as well, this step is really important and it's engage. And it's engage with your speakers and engage with your attendees. And I'm sure all of us have signed up for a summit where you hardly know who the host is, you get bombarded with emails, but there's like no way to engage back. You're basically being talked at and you can like click the links to go to these videos and watch by yourself. Like it's weird, but that's how a lot of them are done. But the more engagement you can build into it, the better it is for absolutely everybody. So you get a lot out of it because well, one, something I wasn't going to say, but it's coming to my mind is that you get to learn a lot about your people, which like, you'll never need another like content idea again, because these people are going to give it to you. You're also going to see uh, more results as a whole. So you're going to see more people sign up because as your attendees are engaging and getting excited, they're going to be talking about it to their friends. When you are engaging with your speakers and getting them excited, they are much more likely to help you spread the word instead of just, you know, being there for 
basically to get in front of your summit audience, which is fine, but it's better if they'll share. And your attendees get more out of it because when they can interact with you, your speakers and each other, they are so much more likely to implement and get the transformation that your summit is promising. And they're more likely to remember you moving forward. Like, oh, this is the person who helped me with this thing. Let's go hire them for whatever service they're offering. I'm like, yes, please. Like, that'd be great. So engagement is something that so many people don't think about because it is kind of like, all right, everything is ready. Then you can think about engagement. It's it's fine to save it till last as long as you get there. Right. So like, I like to do that through having a private community just for my summit where people can go and talk. And before the summit, I'm just focused on getting them having conversations with me and each other and just getting pumped up and excited. And it's so powerful what that community can do. I did not expect my first time for the community to be so powerful, but it really is. It gets them just so much more excited. It gets them taking action. They encourage each other to buy your all access pass or whatever you're selling. It's just great all around. So engagement is really something to focus on. Yeah. And so you mentioned Facebook group. What are other like ways to engage your some audience? Yeah, there are a few other things I like to do. The next one is pretty simple. I like to have a chat box for each presentation. This is not required. If you don't want to do a chat box, you can always like have a thread for each presentation in the Facebook group or something. But I love to have a chat box. So like the first hour that each presentation is live, me and the speaker are in that chat box interacting with everybody. And they get so excited. The speaker gets to connect with them. It's really great. Another big thing is having video of yourself everywhere you can. So like on your registration page, on the thank you page, I like to do live videos a couple times a week in my community leading up to the summit, just kind of teaching them something, making sure I'm getting in front of them, getting them excited. Those are a couple of really big things. I like to do like prizes and a game. I basically bribe them to engage with prizes. Like <laughs> I'll admit it. <laughs> and it works. Last The first couple of times I was basically like, hey, talk here, post here, comment here, and you'll get a point and whatever. It ended up being too difficult. So the next time I did bingo and like every time they could engage, there's like a little, you know, slot on their bingo card they can check off. And I gave away prizes based on that. Get creative and make it fun. And like every little bit is worth it. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. I'm totally a gamification person. I'm like, I love the Instagram story templates that people put together. Like I'm totally that person and memes and gifts and all the things. So I love that you can get really creative with that. And adding that in, I think does differentiate your summit from a lot of other people's summits. That's just like, all right, we're herding cattle. Everybody get into the Facebook group, but like nobody is even talking in there. Like who cares? So I think again, like that's really where you start to elevate yourself and up-level your summit to your speakers as well as your attendees. I think everybody wins in that particular department. So what is the, like, when it comes to summits and where you just see people, I guess, going wrong, and we touched a few things during the framework, but is there another area that you find that a lot of summit hosts kind of just could up level or could take it to a place that again differentiates itself from other because I mean my topic maybe there has never been another VIP day type summit I don't know but a lot of people could be doing topics or things that are similar to other people's and how do you again make it so that people want to come to yours versus other people or and other people's I just think that the differentiator piece a lot of times is what people are missing. But what is another mistake that you're seeing people making? 
Yeah, that's perfect. So like the three things we went over, those are the biggest, but like you're saying, the thing that if you do all those things, the thing that will set you apart is your topic, which you have nailed Jordan. It's so good, but don't make your topic just general, grow your business, improve your life, be a better mom. Like I see those a lot, solve a problem. That's what your summit needs to do. That's how it needs to, that's how it's going to be set apart. So what I like to do is, you know, have my people choose your audience, figure out who your audience is, get as specific as you can and talk to them. What problems are they having? And of course you want it to relate to your products, services, whatever you're doing, which you did again, amazingly Jordan, but your summit needs to solve a problem when it can do that. That's what gets them excited. So like for my summit, I talked to a whole bunch of designers. If I would not have talked to them, my summit would have been so wrong. I totally misjudged what they were struggling with, but they're telling me like, I am putting in crazy hours. All I'm doing is working. I'm trying so hard and I'm going nowhere. Like I'm getting my client work done and that's it. So I'm like, oh, well, they need to make better use of their time and increase their profits. I can host a summit about that. And that is the part that really makes it all come together. I'm so glad you asked this question because it's so important. If your summit can solve a problem, like you got it. Yep. I agree. I think that, yeah, for it to just be a kumbaya session about like how to be better, just stop. Now. I love how you put that. <laughs> because it's like, that is the most, I honestly feel like it's a cop out a little bit. And I know I'm super direct with this stuff sometimes and maybe it hurts. And like, sometimes it needs to hurt for you to make change. So, you know, the be better, make your life more sparkly. Like we can't, like, that's not going to get you the results that you want. And so being specific about the problem you solve, who it's for, really nailing that niche is where the moolah and the engagement come from. So I love that. So talk about some tools that you use for your summit because we are the Systems Amy podcast and we love tools. So talk to us about software and things that you use to organize and run your summits. All right, for organization, if I did not have Asana, I would not be alive. (laughs) Jordan, you use ClickUp for yours, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so like if you need something like that, And you need something. I use Asana. I love it. I have my whole process outlined in there where I can just duplicate it for each summit and it's good to go and it's wonderful. Something else I really love is a tool called Content Snare and they make getting material from your speaker so easy. If you host a summit, you might think that the hardest part of the process for speakers is pitching them. You're going to find it's not. The hardest part is getting what you need from them. It's like herding cats. It's very, <laughs> it's not always fun. Content snare makes it so easy. Basically you can set up a form just like you would in like Airtable type form, whatever. But the magic happens in the follow-up. They do the, automates the follow-up for you. So like if, if so-and-so hasn't sent her information, you know, two weeks before the due date, it will automatically send a reminder. Hey, just a reminder, your due date's on this day. Here's what we'll need from you. Here's where to upload it. Same thing. And you can like set up the schedule you want. But the thing here is you're not having to go in the spreadsheet saying this person, this person, this person, this person, and like email them all separately. Content Snare does it for you. Saves my life, I swear. So like, that's my favorite tool. As for like general software, there are so many options. Like my recommendation is whatever you use for your website, just do your summit on there because you can. Of course I have some favorites, but the easiest thing with the least amount of barriers is to just do it on whatever you're already using. Yep. I love that. And do you have like a people need to like host their all access pass or their like upsells? Like, do you have a suggestion for that? Or again, just use what you're already using? Yeah, I still say use whatever you're using. Like really anything will work. You know, like if you're starting from scratch and you have nothing, like 
honestly, Kajabi is what I would use. This is coming from someone who does WordPress development and another business. Kajabi is so easy. I use WordPress for my own summits, but it's all there in Kajabi. There are also a few like all-in-one summit hosting platforms. I personally am not a huge fan of those because then you're stuck, you know, using whatever the person who created it thinks the summit should look like. And that drives me crazy because it doesn't always align with my strategies. So, right. Yeah, I so agree. And yeah, I used Kajabi for my summit and for my interview series. So, uh, so if you went through that, then you were able to see all the things. And so also you have an awesome freebie for our audience if they want to get started with a summit. So go ahead and share that with us. Yeah. So I have a free masterclass to kind of help you guys get started. It's called the three-part framework to triple your monthly revenue with an engaging virtual summit while building your list for free. Cause who doesn't want that? Some of it, we do kind of cover a couple of the pieces we talked about today, but in a whole lot more detail. I also talk about creating a plan you can actually follow to make your summit happen. Even if your business is already really busy, I have like a plan that is blowing people's minds because it's so simple, but it works. How to host a profitable event and land those expert speakers without a huge audience of your own and how to use my three-part profitable summit system to triple your monthly revenue. It's a lot of fun and you can learn more about it at summitinabox.co slash class. Yes. And that will be tagged up, uh, linked up in the show notes description. So that way you can go check it out for sure. I mean, she's got tons of resources. Like you're going to go down a rabbit hole and I fully endorse it. So where can people find you? Where are you in the internet streets? Yeah, my website is summitinabox.co and I'm on Instagram at summitinabox a little more than I should be. Yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm finding with all my interview guests. I'm like, this is (laughs) why I have you on here is because we're all just Instagram buddies. So thank you so much again, Krista, for coming on and sharing all of your goodness that is virtual summits. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.